again to another exciting episode of Disney Compendium, the year 2000, coming to you from the future. I am your host, as always, JJ, and over there, my good buddy, my good pal, the Donald Duck to my Mickey Mouse, (laughs) Nick. Are you there? Yes, JJ. In the year 2000, (laughs) we remain Fantasia. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Blues Brothers 2000. I, uh, it's technical. Okay. This movie has an interesting, like, release schedule for it, too. Technically, it came out in 1999. Uh, Limited engagement thing. Yeah, it ran in five cities mm-hmm. uh, as a concert feature with like the actual band pl- or the it's it's rude calling a orchestra a band. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. John Williams and the Boston band. <laughs> yeah, but actually the band Boston. Uh, yeah, the band. <laughs> so you said this movie gave you more than a feeling. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it ran with the orchestra for like five showings and then it opened in IMAX for like four months Oh wow! and then finally opened worldwide in the summer of 2000. Uh, this is Fantasia 2000. Uh, we did, we only vaguely said that. This is um, Techno Team 2000. Techno Team 2000. Yep. Ready to go. Yeah. Uh, uh so, like, the the original release is kind of like maybe how Walt would have envisioned it, I'm sure. Well, the original release is really kind of what the original release of the original Fantasia was kind of like. Like, yeah. with like this rolling, like, city tour with maybe not with an orchestra necessarily, but the sort of touring component with the, you know, in some some theaters needed to have the Fanta sound system installed for right. I was gonna say like without going to the toilet for yeah. the really expensive sound um, system. Yeah. It but um uh the IMAX part was interesting because no uh feature length animated film had been an IMAX movie at that point. So No, I think you're right. Yeah. So yeah, it opened up in seventy five IMAX screens at um on New Year's. And ran through April. Um, so, uh, did you see you this know. in IMAX? What was that? Did you see this in IMAX? No, because I, I, that would have involved going all the way to Seattle back then. And, uh, and where IMAX was like, it's still like a yeah, a, rare like thing. a premium. Like I think, like for the longest time, the only IMAX screen was at the Pacific Science Center. Where so it's this. Like yeah, so it was mostly running documentaries. <laughs> that that like that's just a great Pacific Science Center. Yeah, like it is like uh, that's gonna be the most hipstery looking college. And, uh, no, it's a museum, so at least it's <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yeah, but that's where I saw Guardians of the Galaxy too. <laughs> oh, um, but I think uh, the first thing I saw in an IMAX was that Michael Jordan movie. I think the, I saw, I want to say, an 
Everest documentary at the Pacific Science Center on a school trip. Yep, it's always like yeah. Back in the day, it was like science and nature. You have you have there there are three there were especially back then there was three there was like yeah science uh, nature or there's always the like snowboarding skiing movies that were a big deal like the ones here was like you get it you get this and then you get like a a, a lift ticket also to go yeah Yeah. maximum rush they always had crazy names so basically the things they put on the demo screens for tvs at best buy yeah yeah (laughs) it's 100 percent what they were yeah um but back then you know we didn't that wasn't like it's not like now where you just get the blu-ray copy of planet earth and just live live a good life that way. You had to go see a high definition yeah. look at the Arctic. <laughs> you had to go to see an IMAX movie. Um, but uh, we can all thank Christopher Nolan for just absolutely loving everything about IMAX and making IMAX movies uh, desirable. <laughs> I I mean I. I would have seen Inception in IMAX. <laughs> I, I would. That movie's. Uh... That was the big deal. Was uh, Dark Knight? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Tra- they they did the. Um, yes. They made it. They made scenes specifically for IMAX, and as a, tr- they, I forget what movie it was. I feel like it was a Will Smith movie, where like I Am Legend. He would go see I Am Legend, and uh, you would also get the opening bank heist scene. Uh, pre- as a preview for Dark Knight. <laughs> would it be I Am Legend or would it be I Robot? Uh, listen, I don't remember and I don't care enough to look it up. So, <laughs> Welcome to it was the Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, but um, none of that has anything to do with Fantasia 2000. Nope. A movie that had been knocking around the halls of Disney since the 40s <laughs> and uh, when this movie was originally uh, uh, come like when they originally finally decided we're gonna finally do that sequel to Fantasia it was originally called uh, Fantasia continued mm-hmm that was its 1997 title. Then they rebranded it Fantasia 1999, but they saw it wasn't going to come out in 1999. So then they got Fantasia 2000. Um, better title. Better title than Fantasia 1999. <laughs> I feel like I, I still think it's a bad idea to still date. The, the date a movie. Yes. Yeah. So you're like, oh. Fantasia continued is a bad title. Fantasia nineteen ninety-nine at least makes it sound like space nineteen ninety-nine. You know? Fantasia nineteen ninety-nine sounds like a direct video movie that I totally would have watched. Yeah. Some sort of weird like sci-fi sword yes. and sorcery movie that yep. makes nineteen yeah. seventy-seven that's like Harryhausen style yep. uh, special effects. It's starring cool. it's- it's uh, Kroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or uh, uh, Zardoz. Yeah, Zardoz. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, it's been a thing that's been knocking around for a substantial amount of time. Obviously, um, uh, it originally the original plan uh, for Fantasia, as we've talked about when we talked about it the first time around, was to make a. Uh, 
sort of a ever evergreen movie, sort of like Disneyland, where it was never really finished. You would just take out a section and put in another moot section, keep animating things. Um, uh, eventually, as they were working on a Fantasia movie again in the eighties, the concept eventually turned into um, they just ended up doing Mickey's Christmas Carol. Like that, that, that was really just sort of like the direction they were heading. So, be explains that. Well, that's why we love that movie so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, F, but what really became the final driving force to Fantasia 2000 being a thing was Michael Eisner taking over, um, or at least chief executive. He wasn't really. He, Michael Eisner wasn't 100% in control of everything. He was just the chief executive. And um, Roy Roy E. Disney, Walt's nephew, son of Walt's brother, Roy Disney, Roy O. Disney, um, was vice chairman. And he uh, made the suggestion to uh, Michael to uh, make a new Fantasia movie. Because obviously that was just... (laughs) <laughs> where, you know, that was a natural progression of where things were going to go. Things were um, rough because this would have been the 80s, mid, early 80s. Things were a little rough at the studio. Um, we hadn't hit the renaissance yet for the studio. Um, and uh, guess who thought it was not a good idea? Boy, I'm going to say Jeffrey Katzenberg. Jeffrey Katzenberg thought it was... Uh, not interesting. He, didn't, he had zero interest in doing a Fantasia sequel. Um, so, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, who, who would have thought? Yeah. Um, the, it, uh... was a, it was a weird situation because Katzenberg didn't have any interest in it. So, um, Roy would just bypass Katzenberg and go straight to um, Michael Eisner with it. And that's absurd to think of in modern time like like just to do that would it, it would have caused havoc uh <laughs> and with it was anyone but roy yeah um, and even with roy it should have caused havoc but kratzenberg just wasn't interested in the movie and so roy's involvement probably explained well i mean he he has the in, in memoriam at the beginning of the movie too so. the, that was added to the um later dvds of it because this uh, was his baby Right, um, because he died well after this movie came out. Because I think he died in two thousand and nine. No, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, two thousand and nine. Um, so when they put out the Blu-rays and stuff, they added uh, in memoriam of Roy Disney uh, to it. So because this was his baby, he was the executive producer of it. It was um both like his you know, achievement and his downfall at the studio um, because the things that would go wrong were, well, Roy doesn't know what he's doing and wouldn't get any credit for anything that went right and had everything kind of going against him. But um, he was proud of it. So Um, uh, (laughs) you want to know what this movie started out as early on? Yeah. Um, So the, sorry, just a second. Um, the first act, the first person they act, act asked to uh, um, work on the film, uh, Andre Previn said in an interview that he was offered a, to work on it, but he declined it because 
he learned it was going to be featuring music by the Beatles. So the original, like, you know, late 80s, early 90s run of this movie was going to be a Beatles Fantasia. Uh, which, which would be kind of cool, I guess. I guess at the same time, but... Um, That's called Yellow Submarine. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like... And I mean, remember, Disney was going to go back to this well much later on, because it wasn't all that long ago they were going to be remaking Yellow Submarine. Right. Um, which makes sense, because the submarine voyage is Yellow Submarine. Yep. <laughs> um, but that's a whole other can of worms. Uh, whole situation with the people's yellow submarine. But, um, but yeah, so that, that it, obviously that didn't pan out because it's kind of a bad idea. Especially if you're going to attach, make Fantasia. Um, Rhapsody in Blue that's in this one was already controversial enough. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if it was all modern music <laughs> set to animation from a band that in the yeah in the 80s and 90s the beatles was like your parents music still you know like it it wasn't quite as you know people were still alive like you know with the beatles and stuff most yeah, of the band. You like three, well, and back then they would have had to have licensed the music from michael jackson yeah yeah. So, which I'm sure, I mean, they were working on Captain EO, so. Right. <laughs> um, oh, man, you know, Michael Jackson would have given them a sweet deal on it. Yeah. Like, especially this era. Um, but yeah, that that's basically uh, that. Uh, we'll get down into uh, much more. We can get down into much more minutia of the each segment if we need to, but we can start doing that with the uh, once we get into the review process of this. If you're uh, if you're so ready to start the actual review of Fantasia, talk about the actual movie itself. Talk about the actual movie itself, which uh, 110 uh, minutes. 110 minutes is well, 174 minutes. I think it was. Yeah, it, it's over. It's it's yeah. It's under 90 minutes, so it's not uh, – yeah, it's, it's super short, and it goes real fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's weird. Um, it starts off with this weird – like, the opening credits is this interesting, like, the best of Fantasia yeah. <laughs> matchup yeah. uh, that slowly, um, like, has everyone taking their seats and everything. And uh, <laughs> you get uh, Symphony Number no. Five with like the weird uh, abstract animation going on. The sort of Beethoven Symphony. Yeah, yeah. yeah Symphony Number no. Five. Um, well, it's like uh, butterflies, not... colors, and yeah, and right. Like prisms and yeah stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bats. I think at one point. Yep. Um, not to be confused with Mambo number five. Yes. Which did not make the cut for this movie. Unfortunately. Possibly should have. Uh, possibly. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's an interesting way to start off the movie. Right. Uh, I wouldn't have made this decision, but that's why I'm not in Hollywood, I guess. <laughs> uh, maybe. maybe I think it's there, might be, there might be a couple of other reasons why I'm not in Hollywood, but. Well. <laughs> 
Okay. None of them bad, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so it, it's introduced by Beans Taylor, the original sort of, you know, face of Fantasia, right. the original one, using some archival audio. Um, so that that's it was an interesting way of starting it. It's, it wasn't. It's the least exciting. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not particularly great animation. Um, but eh. I, I feel like the next one should have started it. Yeah. Um, so after after uh, after that's done, you're uh, inter- you're greeted by Steve Martin. Uh, Boy, uh, I was a magician and on uh, Main Street. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. We know um, Steve. We know. Steve. We've all heard that story. Yeah. Uh, Steve Martin doing only how Steve Martin. I I was trying to think of it like, because some of the like it's so weird because like, with the exception of a couple of people, like nobody involved in this really has much of an association with Disney directly at this time frame. <laughs> like, well, maybe he was under contact. Like, wasn't he like doing like the Father Bride movies for Touchstone? Maybe must must have been still at this point. Yeah, I think it was. That's about right. Yeah. So. So yeah, you have, and who knows? Like, well, who knows what's going on at like Miramax and everything going right. this time? So it's just weird. It's just like it, they, it, this. This movie is loaded with famous people introducing the songs, and uh, it's it's wild. Like, yeah, here's Steve Martin saying, uh, "Hey there, I'm Steve Martin. Uh, look at this orchestra. Aren't they cool? Like, they're my orchestra. I trained them how to do it. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, at least." Steve yeah. Martin magi- uh, 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 is a musician. Yeah. He's an accomplished think- banjo player, but I mean, still, he's a musician. Yeah. I don't think anyone knew that in 1999, 2000, about yeah, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin to the extent, because, like, you know, yes, King Tut was a huge success, but, like, right. you know, I don't think anyone really saw him. They still saw him as funny man, Steve Martin. Now it's like, no, he's he's more bluesgrass musician yeah, than he is. Funny man, Steve Martin, forty old grandpa now. Yeah, um, and that's when you get introduced to. Oh, who is the other one of the other musicians introducing, explaining Pines of Rome? Yeah, uh, was the this wasn't. Uh, it's the conductor of the orchestra. It wasn't Isaac Perlman, was it? No, uh, he was no, the, no, no. It was um. Uh, oh yeah, it was Perlman. It was Perlman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, I was like, because his haircut's very distinctive. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we go into Pines of Rome, which, um, boy, this this number goes places, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the like the whales are just it's kind of cool, man. I it's, I actually I really like Pines of Rome. It's like a te- it, it's like a sweet tech demo. It is. It, it really is like a, a screensaver time yeah. of a thousand. It's uh, it's like. It's like it's like the flying toasters times in HD. Like, yeah, you know, yes, it is. Um, uh, but like, and the, the the whales have an interesting uh, texture to them. It, it, they almost look like stuffed animals. Yeah, um, but you also I, see like little barnacles or like little yeah things yeah. on them. Yeah. It's a very interesting uh, visual style for this, and it's just like these whales. Like going from um, 
like what is it the calf is separated from yes. the family and is trapped in an iceberg he gets out and then they join a even bigger pod of whales until they start flying yep and then eventually they go into space and it's this weird look the thing that's interesting about this movie is and almost every song is like this with the exception of um uh, the, 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 uh, the, not, uh, the Tin Toys one. Um, the Steadfast oh. Tin Soldier, the, yeah, yeah, uh, Piano Concerto number two. Like, that's, that's the, that's the only one that really seems like it matches the tone the and point of, of the music. music. Yeah. Because, uh, or like, uh, everything else, uh, and I guess Rhapsody in Blue, but, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't count. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, because that, They're yes, that they just straight up put, they remastered it for this, but apparently it looked terrible on IMAX. Um, but it's funny that this is like an early like remastering of the Disney scene. Um, so, so when those whales started flying, JJ, yeah, like, like ah, the windfish woke up, the island <laughs> appearing. <laughs> I played the I played all of the magical instruments that I found scattered yep. amongst various caves. Yep, and they ascended to the heavens. Uh, <laughs> also, I shoplifted a shovel. Yeah, uh, Steve Martin's name was changed to Thief throughout the rest of the uh, fr- production. Somebody should warn um, him to go back into that shop. Yeah. So oh, yeah, obviously, um, obviously, uh, caps. The Disney computer animated right. thing was used heavily in this. Um, apparently, like it was, the, the resources were so tied up in this that it put, it did delay production of Tarzan a little bit. <laughs> so they should have made this twice as long. Is what you're yeah. saying? <laughs> yes, uh, the worst movie of all time, uh, Disney movie of all time, Tarzan, was delayed because of the use. Of- According to our list, the worst yeah. Disney film ever made. Yeah, if you know. It's two for two on in terms of being on the bottom of the list. Uh, it's only this only science really, or the official voice of uh, Disney. We're going uh, to get lab coats eventually. Yes, um, I actually have a lab coat. Remember, I am. Well, you're actually coat. you're actually a chemist. <laughs> it's got I, a lab coat. It's got my name on it and everything. I'm an official I, science man. <laughs> I, work at a, I work at a help desk, so I don't think I'm going to get one. Yeah. It's gonna get, you're gonna get one of those plastic badges that just that you can staple to a work shirt and call it a lab coat. <laughs> Why do you have a punch down tool in this show? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, and it's also the animation that they used in this is the same uh, animation used to make the stampede in the Lion King. So beautifully animated, really gorgeous, really, really absolutely cool. gorgeous. Uh, Maybe the yeah. highlight piece of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not my favorite of them all, but like, I think it's the most interesting yeah, of I, everything on here. I feel like if you're trying to get people's attention, I would show them that one. Like, yeah, this is what this movie is going to be like. Like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, next up, uh, you're you're greeted by Quincy Jones, um. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Uh, interesting thing about this movie is that they d- none of the characters really introduce themselves. Uh, no. like, like, like Quincy Jones just shows up, and if you're not like, I think you have to be a little more 
knowledgeable about some things to to re- to see Quincy Jones and recognize Quincy Jones. I mean, uh, I mean, if you've seen We Are the World, I guess. Yeah, like you know, I mean, like we know who Quincy Jones is. Yeah, he's seen Jones times. Yeah, <laughs> but um, anyways, here he is to introduce to us uh, to Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin, uh, the only Fantasia uh, song to be American produced. Um, and I like uh, it. It's, it's good. It doesn't feel like a um, Fantasia segment in any no. way, shape, or form. It feels, uh, this like, feels, a... it feels like, a, a, like it's a companion piece to like, it's too good for like melody time. Or one of those other ones, like it, it's because it, it feels like it's in that tone. It's like make my music and melody time and stuff. Do um, you remember the um, what was the? I think it was maybe a Hanna Barbera or MGM one, the line and the circle. Yes, or, yes. It's it's very for whatever reason. Yeah, reminds me of that because it's it, very etch a sketchy at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it's done to look like um, Hirschfeld's uh, Al, Al caricatures. Hirschfeld. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Al Hirschfeld's caricatures, and they nailed it. That yep. Boy, there are some scenes where it just it straight up looks like an Al Hirschfeld caricature. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, you have most certainly seen an Al Hirschfeld caricature because it's been in like every magazine. <laughs> Ever the New Yorker uh, is yeah. one to see his, his work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, there was something else like, uh, he drew a lot of posters, yep, movie posters and stuff, and then stuff inspired him and stuff. Like, yeah, it, it, they really, uh, they've really nailed his style. Lots of um, angles in his, lots art. Of, yeah, lots of angles and like, um, curls. Yeah. Like, to, but uh, yeah, it, this is a song. The song was made in the twenties, and so this uh, sequence is like uh, city living, uh, society living in the twenties during like depression era stuff. Yep. Um, and you sort of follow four characters around as they all wish for better things for their life. Basically, um, no dialogue, obviously. Nope. But it's like you've got the construction worker who wants to be a drummer. Uh, the out-of-work guy. The out-of-work schlubby guy. Uh, can't even afford a cup of coffee. Um, can't even get an apple. And I don't know why that cop was harassing that man. Yeah, He was putting the op- apple back. The cop comes in and just, just getting ready to beat him with his billy club. And then steals the apple himself. Uh, real... Real uh, condemnation of cops in, in this particular sequence. The uh, the uh, henpecked husband, I guess. Yeah. High society husband who. High society husband who just wants to let loose and have a good time. Yeah. But his uptight wife and with pampered dog won't let him. And which I always forget the fourth one is the, the little girl. The, the, the little girl. The little girl who just wants to. Play, play. I guess like, yeah. um, you're so funny. yeah. 
the the song Rhapsody in Blue before yeah. this came out and be like, oh, the Delta Airlines song. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like, because like, it is something like you recognize a song outside. Um, um, it, it doesn't invoke. The, yeah, outside. It doesn't yeah. invoke the image of New York. It doesn't. It does not. It, it's yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's a good segment, but it's a bad Fantasia segment. Um, I, I like this. I like this a lot. I like this short a lot. On its own, would've been great. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or or if this were like anything else, if this was like a modern version of this package features we talked about in the forties that were right. all relatively terrible, but the ter- even the terrible ones had good segments. This would be a good segment in one of those terrible package features. Right. Um, but it just in, in terms of Fantasia, it doesn't feel right. No, I like it. Like I said, I like it a lot. It's it, got it, some really good visuals. I like I like the 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 henpecked husband stuff like him dancing with the grinder monkey yeah yeah. it's real it's a really that's a really fun sequence but um and the uh the construction guy smashing his walnuts on the yeah (laughs) construction site in a very dangerous way he's very he is not looking out for himself on this construction site he's lost the will to live because he can't be a drummer he can't be a jazz drummer or he's just waiting to be a jazz drummer um, but yeah, so Rhapsody in Blue, uh, decent segment. I mean, decent, great segment, bad movie for it. Yeah, it because I guess the thing with Fantasia is you, you're not. I guess it's just me, but you're not supposed to get any sense of semi-modern life. It's yeah. either like nature or yeah, it, like it, like. At yeah. the gothic look or Roman, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's you're used to it representing old art, and it just isn't doing that with this. I'm not saying that's bad, but at the same time, it's also yeah, not great either. Um, so uh, next we're feature- next we get uh, Bette Midler, right. um, you know, the dog from all yeah, <laughs> um. Standing like a real lunatic in this movie. <laughs> um, she's she's doing that like comic book cover pose where she's like standing at a weird angle facing the camera with yeah. her hands on her hip. Like human beings don't stand like that casually. No. I don't know. Yeah. So she's not sure to do with her hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was distracting. I didn't listen to a single thing she said. He was like, "Why are you standing like that? Just be cool." <laughs> Just be, just, just, just be cool. Like Angela Lansbury, at least when she shows up later on in the movie, she's just kind of standing there. You can see her kind of twiddling her fingers a little bit, but yes. no, just like nice casual Angela Lansbury. But no, Bette Midler, like, is, she's like shooting a cover for Cosmo or something. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> going on with this. That's what this whole segment's about now. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't even care about Allegro Opus. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the sequence is uh, piano concerto number two, Allegra Opus by uh, Dmitry Shostovich or something. I can't remember. I'm terrible with remembering those names, and I don't think my handwriting is good enough to uh, <laughs> be able to decipher what letters I used in this. But uh, let, uh, let me pull up the the name. It's Dmitry. Shostak- Shostakovich? 
Shostakovich. They're, that sounds right. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, I'm sure we're uh, really just ruining. A lot of vowels stuff. in there. Yeah. A lot of vowels. Uh, definitely a Dimitri name. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, but they set it to um, The Steadfast Ten Soldier by Hans Christian Andersen. Yep. Um, uh, it's a broken toy soldier falls in love with a toy ballerina. It is, you know, uh, you've seen The Steadfast Ten Soldier a thousand times. <laughs> um, it's, it's been kind of worked into Babes in Toyland too, hasn't it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's basically what was going on there. So, um, I zoned out on this one entirely. I cannot tell you much about this. I, yeah. it's, I mean, I know I watched it, but also <laughs> none of it stuck in my brain. And I've seen Fantasia 2000 a bunch. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I will never remember this one because it's it's boring and it's just a tin soldier which you're used to. It's like the Nutcracker or something. Like it could be anything, and it's just like. And I think the you know, the major difference was the actual story doesn't have a happy ending, while this Fantasia one does have a happy ending. Um, What's more boring, this this one, this Nutcracker, or the recent Disney live action Nutcracker? I'd rather watch this one, I guess. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bette Midler was the most interesting part of this entire thing. Because, boy. I, I, <laughs> it's like, uh, are you okay? Are you okay? Blink twice if you're, if you're being held hostage by Disney. <laughs> um, it's had really bad cervical damage. Yeah. And, it's and like, you wheeled her in like Hannibal Lecter on a dolly. Yeah, it, it, it is like... She had she had the neck brace on. And yeah. it's, okay, you just have to stand there for thirty seconds. Find whatever position is most comfortable for you. <laughs> no matter how awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and go. I'm uh, a little teapot at go. I don't care. Yep. Uh, next up is James Earl Jones. Uh, talking about the Carnival of Animals. I was, I was an animal myself. Yes. Uh, it's just a quick little snippet of some flamingos set to this song. Yeah, uh, and it's fine. Yeah, it, it's got it's got like you know this little schlocky character. It's like playing with a yo-yo. Yep. Um, just trying to break out of the dull, lame routine that all the other flamingos are involved in. And you know how lame flamingos are. Yeah. I, <laughs> Like uh, nature's clown, yeah, the nature's clown, clown, the flamingo. Yeah. Uh, these loud, flamboyant, boisterous birds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, quick, short little segment. Um, again, this movie's only seventy minutes, so no. some things are just like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, okay, fine. I like there it. it it's yeah, it's, it's fine. I got, no, I got no qualms with the short. With this little short, I the music's good. Bit than the yeah. last one, so the music's good, the animation's good, uh, and even the animation in the uh, in the Tin Soldier one was good. It was good animation, but I don't remember any of it. Next up, you are introduced to Penn and Teller. Uh, yeah, because so, magic. Because magic. Yeah. Um, you had Steve Martin at the top, top of the show. Who's uh, actually a magician as well. Yeah. 
and now you've got Penn and Teller out here talking about magic and and, based, and, and explaining to you that magic's all a sham. Uh, yep. it's, it's all just everyone lying to you. All magicians are dirty, dirty liars, except for one, Mickey Mouse. Uh, it's just uh, to have Penn and Teller introduce like the one segment that everybody remembers from like the showcase yeah. Fantasia bit. Yeah. Maybe just the showcase, like one of the top five Disney. It is Mickey, ever. It is Mickey Penn Mouse and Teller. Teller. Yeah, here's Penn and Teller to introduce to you Mickey Mouse's only theatrical presence. <laughs> just like, Donnie Wahlberg busy or what? Yeah. yeah. So Penn and Teller out there, and, and you get the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which obviously it's the best part of the entire movie because it's the sorcerer's apprentice. Yeah. Like it's just reused. It's just, like I said, cleaned up version yep. and it changed a single thing from it. Uh, there it is. Here is the sorcerer's apprentice. Thoughts on that? Go back to episode two, three, uh, three. Yep. Episode three. Yep. <laughs> Fantasia. I forget what year Fantasia is. I was going to call it Fantasia 19. 19- 31. I forget what your character is. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this bit. Yeah. It's great. I like it. Love it. It's still good. Will always be good. It's evergreen. Um, next up, you get James Levine and uh, Mickey Mouse and characters looking for Donald. Yep. Um, Who's in the bathtub? We're taking a shower or something? Or... Yeah. Being Donald. Just never, just always being his Donald self. Uh, you, where you are introduced to uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage theme yeah. song yes. set to Noah's Ark. Right. Uh, <laughs> Pomp and Circumstance, March 1, 2, 3, and 4. Two uh, of so. each flying elbow. <laughs> uh, and God said unto Macho, I need two Slim Jims. Per yeah. Cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Yeah. Not yesterday's news. Yeah. Uh, got pomp and circumstance set to Noah's Ark uh, based off of the book of Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Just this very weird Disney, Disney straight going for religion. And here it is. Noah's Ark starring Donald Duck. And Daisy. Uh, and Daisy. Um, it's very good. I liked it um, a lot. I texted you. I said, this, I yeah. really like this bit. Uh, it's, you, said, you told it's, me why it was in yeah. It's it, it exists because Michael Eisner went to his son's graduation and thought, you know, people like uh, these uh, graduations. So. Wait, you're stealing my Eisner impression. <laughs> <laughs> so put, put graduation music in there. You know, what, you know what fancy Beethoven music at the graduation? Put that in the movie. Um, so this one actually has a very interesting thing to it. Other than that, uh, it wasn't originally Noah's Ark. Um, the original plot to the pomp and circumstance scene was going to be like a Disney character procession. It was going to feature like the princesses like presenting their children kind of thing. Uh, better. Uh, it, it sounds better, but like at the, st- I, there was a, like there was controversy around it. 
um, because, oh, who was it? Um, I forget. There was a staff member that called it an appalling abuse of characters. <laughs> um, and now he's like, oh, God. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. I don't mean princesses. I meant villains, not the princesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was mostly villains with heroes and stuff. But yeah, it was like a wedding procession carrying future children. Uh, and it was like a, it had like a Greco Roman uh, art style to it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, after the, there was the cast member, it was like, this is an abuse, an appalling abuse of characters. Eisner was like, fine, we'll drop the story, but you're still using the song. Um, it took a while till they finally decided on the Noah's Ark theme Um, it works but now that you've mentioned the other thing I want to see that more yeah uh, previous titles for this one were uh, Donald's Last Roundup that should have been uh, Roundup or Hoedown by uh, uh, Copeland and then it's uh, Noah's Duck, which what? also doesn't make any sense. That's for, for the master system, Noah's Duck. Yeah, well, it's so, because, like, but Donald is Noah in this. But also so to, not Noah? Yeah. So to say he belongs. So you're also saying that Noah exists and Donald belongs to Noah is what Noah's duck is implying yeah, is because no- it's called Noah's Ark because it is no it's a the ark that Noah built. So uh, unless Donald is just supposed to personally carry all of these animals himself, then okay. Yeah, and then at some point Donald turns the camera and goes, The devil put dinosaur bones here to trick us. Exactly. He gets on the ark. Yeah. Really out of place. Uh <laughs> Oh, it reminds me of um, that, like, when you see that recent Noah movie that came out, um, like, the show before... Bruce Almighty? (laughs) But, like... No, 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 no. Uh, But, like, I liked it because it showed, like, it's a pan movie, but it shows, like, before the thing, and it's got, like, these weird, like, dragon hybrids and stuff in it before the... Yeah. It's always fun, but no, they don't get anything fun with this. It's just a, it's just Noah's Ark set to Pomp and Circumstance, which does, Pomp and Circumstance doesn't fit the imagery very well. No, it's, I mean, the procession part does. Yeah. The animals are going, are very slowly going up the Ark and it's, the music yeah. kicks in, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's like they they feel so, and and it was sort of the problem that a lot of people were like when they were saying, "No, but pomp and circumstance has me in it," because the song isn't like in, in musical circles, isn't exactly like this super well respected song or something. Well, it's no, just, it's, it's 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 the graduation song, or the Macho Zion, Man song, or the Macho Man Andy Savage thing. Uh, so like they're like like this isn't gonna work, and like the, these visuals don't line because like there was so much thought and like you had um stakowski and walt like working together uh 
trying to figure out like you know shooting down things like no that's not what the song's about and stuff and it doesn't really feel like any of that happened here no Uh, no which which is to its detriment because most of these songs don't feel like they even say it in the movie with the opening one with the whales uh like but the walt disney animators thought of something completely different so you know like most people, when they hear the Pines of Rome, they have these, you know, imagery of, you know, trees and stuff. But nope, not the Disney folks. Here's what they got. <laughs> Flying space wheels. We're putting um, on them. Yeah. So, uh, and, and this feels the same way. It just feels like they had to use pomp and circumstance and then through, like, the procession one at least makes sense. Like, when they had that. Right. That is probably the most sound concept of here are the heroes here are the villains on a procession with their future children kind of thing like that that makes vision that makes sense that's a that's yeah. a homogenous relationship between the song and the visuals you can picture um, that it's a yeah but so many of these don't have that um the, the, the tin toy one was about as close as it gets in this movie uh, rhapsody in blue yeah because that's just it the yeah. visuals match when the song came out Right. I mean, so of course they lied up. Depression kind of era unfair. America. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of unfair. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's fine. I, I like it. It's probably the most exciting cartoon of the bunch. Yeah. Um, again, it's another one that feels like it should have been a short by itself, not set to pop and circumstance. Like if this was just a normal cartoon with a normal, you know, composed soundtrack and dialogue. Um, it I felt, think it'd be better. It felt like something that, you should, that they'd be showing, like while you're waiting in the lobby to go in to see Hall of Presidents. Yeah. Or Great yeah. Mr. Lincoln. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's good. It's fine. Uh. It's it, it, you get. It's either you, it's either people's one of their favorites or their their least favorite on this one. It's like it's the. It's the one that's the tiebreaker for people if this is a good movie or not. I, I think it might be it might be my favorite, but I also really like the whales. So yeah. I just like the visuals of that one a lot. Yeah, um, because of how silly the whole thing. I really like the next one on the set. The Firebird, the, the, the finale, Firebird Suite, nineteen nineteen, uh, introduced by, as previously mentioned, Angela Lansbury. Uh, Firebird, she wrote out here with the uh, with his pots, firebirding it up. Yeah, um, her, yeah, and it's just like yeah, it's good visuals her of like, her Pontiac Firebird. <laughs> she drives <laughs> off. She drives off with the bandit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I know I want to see that. Whispering <laughs> a Pontiac Firebird. She's 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 got to get she's got to get this. Uh, uh, beer across county lines. Yes. Before. <laughs> She's just doing burnouts in the studio. <laughs> uh, puts on some sunglasses and says, later jerks. And, just burns <laughs> and has a, she hawks a horn. The rebels. <laughs> yeah. um, what happened to this movie? I don't know. Yeah. It got uh, awesome. Yeah. Angela Lansbury just took over at the yeah. end here. Uh, so yeah, this is the finale. This is the finale of the movie. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a Stravinsky song, and it's a nice little like uh, a forest sprite gets awoken by and by an elk. <laughs> yep, and they wake up the Firebird, 
and just unleash havoc. <laughs> this firebird, just uh, volcanoes and everything. Uh, Weird the, way to end it. Yeah, but I think they were trying to go back to Night on Bald Mountain and try yeah. to sort of like this, like end on chaos with a signal of hope because the sprite survives and Elk says, you know, encourages her to, you know, hey, can you like fix this? <laughs> the sprite goes, hey, listen. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. No, 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 there's there's a difference between a sprite and a fairy. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Fine, sprite has no caffeine. I don't fairies got. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. That is it. We're end on uh, Firebird Sweet, which is my probably my second favorite on this whole thing. Um, Fire, Firebird Sweet also sounds like a, a sandwich I would eat. <laughs> It's a turkey Sweet. sandwich with buffalo sauce on it and cranberry yeah. sauce. Yeah, it's it's it would be something that would like uh, cross promotion. Like it would have the Frank's Red Hot logo on yeah. it, like at Subway or Quiznos or, or something. red, or you get a Red Robin or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like a Red Robin fire, like the Superbird. It's got the it's, egg on it. And yeah, it's kinda, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, there's not much, with the exception of like pomp and circumstance that we talked about, and um, uh, that, that's pretty much it. Pomp, pomp and circumstance is the only one that has any like real production issues that goes with it. Aside it's from because, the delay itself, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Firebird one, uh, I think they just ended up like. I think they just ended up like settling on Firebird because I think they wanted to use like Symphony Number no. Nine or mm-hmm. Hallelujah, um, but that was that was it. They they ended up doing Firebird Suite because uh, um, I think if I remember correctly, it was inspired by the Mount St. Helens eruption. Of the okay. Movie. Um, which Mount St. Helens is my backyard, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were here in Washington State. You man in the Seahawks jersey. Yeah. <laughs> right behind him is. Um, so that makes, so yeah, you can see that being the inspiration, like just the destruction that something like this causes, but also like the new life that comes from like a volcano's eruption or what have you. So. Um, I, so. Knowing a little more about classical music since I've seen this movie originally, yeah. Yeah. there's a couple of songs like oh, that should have been in there instead. Like, yeah. I think Requiem by Verde should have been in there. Yeah, or, or like I said, like, you know, Symphony Number no. Nine by Beethoven is a good yeah. idea for one of these uh, movies. Um, Hallelujah, which was like one of the original ideas for the end of this movie, is also a good yeah. idea for this, and, and and they have a bunch of like interesting um, other things that were like, cut from it or were thought of or ended up actually going into production later on. Um, but because, like, they were planning a sequel to this. Um, Fantasia, I 
think it was two, in 2006. Uh, yeah, Fantasia 2006 was the working title because might as well go with the, also a terrible name. Yeah, it somehow was worse. Um, it was going to be what was it? It was uh, like Little Match Girl was going to be one of oh, them. Oh, that was what's in the shorts. Yeah. So you have um, Match Girl, and then like the one with the cat. Yes, and all of these, all of these ones that were going to be in Fantasia 2006 end up coming out in different ways right. later on. Like, because uh, so t- Fantasia 2006 technically exists. It's yeah. just the movie itself never came out, but all the shorts did. Um, I'm going to say a word, and I don't need you to, uh, to make the wrestling reference that is going to naturally come with this. Okay. Because sure. on this, because on this DVD uh, or the Blu-ray DVD of Fantasia 2000, it has um, the short that uh, Walt was actually working on during and after the original Fantasia came out with Salvador Dali called Destino. Um, and I know, I know you want to, don't do something, <laughs> uh, but that actually got made and it exists and is on, <laughs> it's on the, uh, Blu-ray of Fantasia 2000. So, cause Roy Disney found it while working on Fantasia 2000. So it's pretty cool that it exists. Um, you're no fun, sir. <laughs> okay, you can just go for your Destino. Uh, so, yeah, little match girl uh, ended up. It's on that. It's a. It's on that yeah. Disney Pixar shorts thing. Yeah, it's that. And and there was there was uh, one by one by one came out. With the Lion King sequel, I think, and Lorenzo ended yeah. up just being a short film later on. Uh, like, yeah, all of them exist. They all yep. came out. They're out there. Yeah, they're out there. The Fantasia 2006 exists. There's no official Fantasia sequel, and for obvious reasons that we'll get to in a couple of seconds here. But um, yeah, most of the chaos that went into the development of this was just that. The higher ups didn't care. Like it, Roy Disney was not thought of uh, particularly well within the company. You know, it was you know he's only got a job because he's you know last name. Yeah, his Walt's idiot nephew. Um, he doesn't have the same artistic spark that him. Like even his dad, who was the money man behind. Disney, like, you know, didn't have anything. But, like, Roy was... Roy respected animation more than anyone of the higher-ups did. Yeah, um, That's why he was sort of put in charge of the animators. But any excuse to shut him up, to make him happy, to get him out, to just placate the man. Well, I mean, um, I mean you think about, like, that's the foundation of Disney is animation. Yeah, and at the time when this movie was, like, first being uh, created um, it it didn't revolve around animation anymore the live action stuff was becoming yeah, a big thing yeah. the animated stuff was terrible they had moved the animators out of the Burbank studios the theme parks were a big were a bigger money maker than the cartoons and they were making bad cartoons for the most part I mean we talked about a lot of them on we talked about all of them on here, like all the theatrical ones, you know, right. some are better than others. 
Yep. Uh, we may personally love some of them. You know, Robin Hood is both of like both of us love Robin Hood or whatever, but they weren't anywhere near as oh. like artistic or like or like original or anything is how some of the original ones felt. Um, but uh, but Roy was sort of a grounding effort on them to sort of make cartoons important for the Disney studios. And this was sort of his pet project and they gave it to him and, you know, didn't exactly work out so well for Roy. Um, it was Roy's folly kind of thing. Um, he didn't have a great, particularly great relationship with Michael Eisner. Um, and I'm trying to think of the nice way of putting this. Um, Michael Eisner was a jerk to Roy, <laughs> um, especially later on. And that's why you get the Save Disney campaign in 2003, um, which changes everything at the Disney studios for better or worse leads to the um, out, uh, departure of Eisner leads to the departure of Eisner in the introduction of Iger. Um, and Iger ends up doing everything that Roy was fighting against, especially after Roy's passing, uh, everything. And, that, <laughs> and so, and Iger still doing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Iger. We'll probably talk about it at some point down the future, but Iger is being like, he hasn't learned the lesson of how Disney treats their executives when they want them out. And enough mistakes are piling up that, that you may be leading towards another situation like this. We are, um, JJ is a roundabout <laughs> talking about the Sony, Spider-Man, Disney. And that's just, that's just one of the But that's the most prominent one. That's the most recent prominent Which, one. By the way, you know, you, 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 80% of that's on Disney. Oh, that's, that's 90% of that's on Disney. Like Sony is absolutely has every right to want to maintain this property that they rightfully own. Um, and Disney is a bully and Disney intentionally is using the, uh, the press to and, win favor in there. And because, Ike, Ike Perlmutter's probably got a hand in that nonsense. Oh, absolutely. And he's a renowned butthole. So yeah. Yeah. Probably like probably the biggest, uh, yeah. um, but so, you know, on top of that, yeah, you have theme park attendance is down. They spent, you know, countless millions of dollars on the star Wars expansion that is just doing moderately. Okay. They're spent, they're spending millions of dollars on the Marvel expansion that heavily revolves around a character. They don't have anymore. Uh, which is amazing. Yeah. It's like More spectacular <laughs> because like there's going to be two rides there. And one of them is like, I forget what it is. It's like web. W-E-B, and it's an acronym, and it's like the Avengers West Coast Campus, and it's like Spider-Man themed, and all the artwork shows Spider-Man swinging around, and it's a Spider-Man ride, and it's just like, well, good job. Yeah. <laughs> you did this. You you did this. Um, There's still time to fix it, I guess. Theoretically, but uh, Disney doesn't Disney doesn't play ball like that, so 
again, Michael Eisner, Michael Eisner didn't teach Bob Iger any lessons. No. Uh, And, you know, Disney Plus is Iger's baby. Disney Plus needs to be a massive success at the gate, which it will be. Sure. But will it be the big, huge success that they're all expecting it? Because you know how this stuff happens. It's like, we're all talking about it. We're all saying we're going to get it. But it is only like $7 a month. And they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on original content for it. So how many people... How many people have to sign up for it in order for it to be considered worthy investment? (laughs) And they felt like they had to package Hulu and uh, ESPN Plus Plus into the whole thing, too. They they just feel like, no, this is our gift. You're like, no, 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 no. What are you worried about? (laughs) Trying to sell three-year subscriptions to Disney Plus is a brazen thing of locking people in. You're signing a contract. Uh, even I didn't sign up for the three year subscription. My sister was at D23 and 100% did it. <laughs> like, they, I wouldn't. They're like, $80 a month, $80 off, I think. Yeah, it's like, I wouldn't. It, it, that's that's brazen. It's just them. I think that, I, I think they don't think it's going to be, it's going to be like the WWE Network where it's going to be a success, but it's going to take a long time to build up the fan base that you actually are expecting. Yeah. Um, and, you can't, and you can't make a single folly. Like, if something that people are excited about comes out, and if The Mandalorian is a terrible TV show, why will they sign up for a second year? Why will they keep that going? If, like, like I've liked one show on this, and is it worth it to watch a movie from 1942 still? Or whatever, you know? like. Yeah. And their, their whole thing about... They're, they're the original series, they're not going to re- release in bulk like Netflix or... Yeah. It's yeah. piecemeal by a week, each by week. I'm like that's kind of a bold stance today. Yeah, because again, they want you to be. That's that's why they have the three year subscription. It's why they're doing that because they know full well that you're going to forget to cancel it. You're gonna <laughs> so well. I got, I want to watch the next episode, so I guess I'll keep it another month or whatever. Whatever you know, it's people will watch if if. You know, you want you really want to see WandaVision. <laughs> That's yeah. the one show that you're dying to see. And if they drop it all at once, you get your free month subscription, watch it, and you're done. You're out. You don't have to sign up again. It, but it's, it's not really how people watch TV anymore, though. No. Like, no. You it, think, just, like, recently, Game of Thrones was probably the last big one. Just like, yeah. Oh, you got to wait. Yeah, and it's probably the last time people will be that way with TV. Unless yeah. Disney somehow... I think Disney will... Year two will probably switch things up because Disney will Disney will do course correction if they need to, if they right. feel like they have to. But if their bottom lines taking, yeah. The, yeah, if they're not if they're not getting the subscription numbers that they desperately need, they will change something. Right, and that might be a thing that they change. It's it's you know there will be people that game the system because then of course they're going to do the free trial we've we've both done it where it's like well i really want to watch wrestlemania so yeah pull out a new uh password new email address sign yeah. up for a month and watch wrestlemania and not pay a dime and then cancel it and like, done with it. watch the royal rumble yeah i don't want to yeah. give Vince McMahon any money yeah um and, and that's people want to game that system but you know clearly i don't think i 
my heart tells me that they don't think it's going to be the success they think it's going to be out the gate. That's why they're doing this D23 thing and yeah. why they're doing it week by week and stuff because they want to keep subscription numbers going. They want them to keep, you know, keep signed up, keep going. Just another week, just another month, just another month. I'll wait till the show's over. Just one more month. And what then, what do then, you think has spurred that on? Do you think they've done some market research? Sure. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure that, yeah, I mean, anyone that's probably in that Disney ecosystem has gotten, like, you know, emails and stuff asking questions and stuff. Like, have you heard of Disney Plus? Yes. You know, that kind of stuff. We yeah. all get them. We get them from the WWE all the time. Right. Take, take polls and get them from Nintendo and stuff like it just i think they've probably done some market research i think they've looked at probably the numbers of how people consume media and they're probably saying like well so many people have so many subscriptions and they watch them you know they binge watch like this and then they probably see the numbers from other streaming they already have you know two streaming services up and running period right now I mean, they have the FPN Plus. They have Hulu. They see how people consume data, digital stuff already. And I'm sure they see that, you know, the numbers aren't great on those two. Um, Well, I mean, Hulu is different because it's like mostly like, that's if you want to watch network shows, but don't have a Yeah, Yeah, Hulu's this weird like intermediary for people who want to cut cable but aren't quite ready for that lifestyle commitment yet. Yeah. Um, uh, and ESPN yeah. just in trouble. Yeah, ESPN, the sports stuff in general isn't doing so hot. So um, nobody wants to... St- so many people don't... like you. You want to be able to see the thing that you want, but to have to pay all of these subscriptions if you're out of network you have to get the mlb network to watch your favorite team or the nfl network or if i want to watch the ufc pay-per-view subscribe to espn plus so you can get the ufc pay-per-views or whatever and it's just people don't care that much like yeah (laughs) i mean like i I, or you got to use a vpn and yeah. it's, now you're using a workaround, and and also it's another streaming service you have to pay for now. Yeah, and I mean, at some point it's the cost of cable in yeah. people's minds. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we finished up on Fantasia so quickly that we're yeah, about I mean, it's just a natural progression really. because yeah, it's it's just a natural progression of this talk because like we said that this was Roy Disney. Roy Disney's not with us anymore. He died in 2009, and that sort of has led Disney with that hole. There isn't the kind of person that is willing to rally stockholders and fans behind them within the Disney company anymore. Um, You have the one uh, daughter, like, livid about working conditions at Disneyland. Yeah, she's Um, also the one uh, in favor of uh, taxing people who are wealthier. Yeah. Very left-leaning. Walter yeah. Daughters, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, like, she doesn't seem particularly behind. She doesn't seem particularly interested in the studio stuff. Um, and it's a lost cause at this point. The Disney studio is too big. Um, yeah. If a, if Roy Disney were still around, or some, or Disney was still within the studio establishment, you probably could do something to turn around. Roy wanted to sell off ESPN and ABC. Like, by through outing Eisner, 
he assumed he could refocus the studio and selling off un- or spinning off even unnecessary operational uh, things that they take it on in recent years. Uh, obviously, that never happened. Iger is thirsty for anything that he can scoop up. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is Disney Studio now? Though you think about yeah. it because that's Marvel and Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm and Fox. And Fo- yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. that Fox yeah. and you know they have their own network now. You know, ABC and Disney Channel and ESPN. And- it's a thing where it's okay to be excited that hey, Disney got this thing. But yeah. it's also okay to be like, uh, it is. I don't I, know if I want this one entity opening, owning yeah, all I mean, these things. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Disney now gets to control their message 100%. They yeah. have, they own ABC. You know, that's one of the major news networks. You know, it's, they own sports with ESPN. They own they have, Fox. They own movies. They have by owning them. still. Yeah. You know, and. I, you know, I'm the Disney guy. So obviously things that when Disney does stuff, I get, I hear from it. People talk to me about it. Yeah. And I I always have to say, I'm not, I don't take it out on the artists. Uh, The people out here, the people on the Disney studios, um, they're just making their movies. Um, Sometimes Disney pokes their nose in too much. Um, You can't, and you're not going to be able to stop that. That sucks. But like, I hate the business Disney. I hate the sort of the CEO level of Disney. Like I, it's 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 very bad. But I love Disney's their art, their output, the theme parks, the movies, things like I, that. So I think I think you get a rep for being a Disney apologist, and I I don't think I've ever got that impression. Yeah. No, JJ yeah. calls I think, Disney on their crap. Whatever, yeah, I, I, I stuff. I think it's because you know I, I think that it's just assumed. Yeah. as opposed to if you, yeah if you talk to me about it I will tell you that Di- Disney as a business is garbage you can like, love something and still yeah. see its faults oh yeah and acknowledge oh, yeah. I like I, I do not like Michael or Bob I- Michael Iger wow just well, oh, oh just God Michael, Michael Ironside yeah now he's um, all right yeah and then, like, now Michael Ironside of Disney now yeah. I mean yeah. like Iger yeah. and then especially Paul Miner oh yeah like he, who's, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> Pearl Muter and his uh, associations, yeah, the grievances to be had on that is not a conversation for this particular show, no. um, ever. No. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, we love Marvel, but boy, if they could, if they could ditch him, we'd be gravy <laughs> yeah it's not gonna happen anytime soon bring back um, joe quesadilla yeah <laughs> uh, but i guess we can go back to uh uh fantasia 2000 a little bit uh, <laughs> uh premiered uh december 17th 1999 at carnegie hall oh that makes sense um, yeah it was a five city concert tour they played the animation while Levine uh, and the Phil uh, Harmonia Orchestra performed the music, and it was like auto cued, so they made sure that the music was lined up with the movie. It's very interesting, like the way they pulled it off uh, back then. But yeah, it was. They also did it at Royal Albert Hall, uh, Paris, Tokyo, 
and uh, Pasadena. <laughs> so <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, yeah. New York City, uh, London, Tokyo, Paris, Paris. Paris. Pasadena, <laughs> California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, IMAX. Uh, IMAX in January 1st uh, opened up. So, very, very interesting uh, release schedule. And uh, it eventually opened up in the summer of 2000 uh, nationwide. Um, it's, uh, let's see. What was the first one? They did like the first box set like Fantasia 2000 was released um, in 2000 on DVD which is as it should have been that's when movies were starting to really limit their yeah. time yeah. from movies to, there was a box set that had like both of them and like a bonus disc with some of the unreleased stuff was there a laser disc not of 2000 no. okay no no, Laserdisc is already gone and dead. Laserdisc is already gone by then. There's definitely yeah. a Laserdisc of the original Fantasia. Oh, yeah, which, you yeah. know. <laughs> I don't have the Laserdisc. I only own one Laserdisc. <laughs> and you would have... I doubt you have any idea which Laserdisc I own. <laughs> Wait, you only own one Laserdisc movie? One Laserdisc movie, period. Do you want to play the game of what Laserdisc movie I own? Because I I, I've got it right here with my vinyl records, and I can show you which yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm sure you've sent it to me before. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say it's Buckaroo Bonsai. It is not Buckaroo Bonsai. It is a signed copy of John Woo's The Killer. Oh. <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah. very rare copy of a uh, picture of Sean Connery signed by Roger Moore. Yeah. Because um, I love John Woo and I just happened to see it at Half Price Books one day and it was signed. And I was like, yes, I'm going to buy this Criterion Edition uh, <laughs> The Killer signed by John Woo. I mean, I, looks cool. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This was you know I remember the first time I saw this movie actually. Besides, you know, DVD, uh, it was like an early Netflix edition. Yeah, this was one of those like Disney uh, <laughs> testing out these streaming waters. Yeah, which is uh, very interesting because uh, they uh, do not have either of these movies. <laughs> on uh any digitally you can't get them on voodoo no. and they don't they were released before they were doing digital copies of stuff so yeah. just, so, it's, so it's crazy how i somehow saw it without owning a copy yeah uh i had to share my copy with nick i gave him the dvd of fantasia 2000 Wink. Technically, it's true. Technically, it's true. Yeah. You watched my DVD copy of Fantasia 2000. He did not distribute it for commercial use. Yeah. Um, and it's been in the vault since 2011. So you can't currently buy it new. You have to get it used. Um, period, right now. I'm sure that that's going to change in November. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Will it be a day one thing? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know I, what the day one situation looks like. It's with it other than the stuff like they haven't really said what the movies are going to be like, what the vault situation looks like, because it seems so absurd for Disney to just snap away uh, the vault. All that revenue. Yeah, just just the controlled releases of their movies. Um, what used to be 
we're gonna what used to be theaters turned into tapes, turned into DVDs, turned into Blu-rays. Now it's gonna be gone. Like once they started putting stuff digitally, they kind of already got rid of the vault. Um because you can still get so much of the stuff digitally still and they never take it down. Right. Um but but there are still things that they don't have it released digitally. Fantasia inexplicably being one of them. Um I feel so. like 4K remaster is probably a thing that should happen. Yeah, I don't know how it will like, look. Like, yeah, I, I don't know when they would. Yeah, because you know, Fantasia just had it. It's, it's 1940, so 2020 doing something for like a weird milestone. Like, even though it's not a nice, like, you know, for the 50th anniversary or something, but... It's, it's 80, be the 80th anniversary? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a round number, but not like a... You know. not, yeah, not like, the, not like a number you would celebrate. No. <laughs> like, but, I mean, inevitably it's going to happen. Just don't know when at this point. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about some of the other uh, stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the box office. How's that sound? Sure. Uh, it uh, didn't do great. <laughs> um, it cost ninety-one million dollars and made, I think, on the high end, eighty-five million dollars. So it did not make money back. Turns profit. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it was wasn't like it was um, critically panned either. Like. It was well-loved at the time. I want to say loved. Um, Fantasia 1 was loved. That's why Fantasia 2000 got into production, because they re-released Fantasia, and it was a massive success. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, we should do this. We should do Fantasia 2000. We should just use Fantasia. You got it, Roy. Now we'll do it. You got it, Roy. Now we'll do it. There's money to be had with the Fantasia name. Let's do it. Oops. I guess there wasn't money to be had with the Fantasia name. Um, really kind of unclear as to why it failed like do it you, did. Do you have a lot of marketing for it? Because I don't. No, I and because it's just very shortly removed from... It came out in the same year, technically, as Tarzan, but like... So Tarzan's fault, got it. So it's, I'm going to blame Tarzan fully. I would. For the failure of Fantasia for 2000. Things. For most <laughs> society's ills. <laughs> uh, Phil Collins uh, luckily didn't write a song. Oh, God. Oh, um, could you imagine a segment? No, I don't want to. No, I don't. Set, set to like in the air tonight. Or it's Joey face standing like going, hey Goofy, let's 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 play this song. She's studio. <laughs> you have him leaning up on a piano. Quincy Jones is next to him, looking very upset that he's in the same room as Phil Collins. <laughs> and Phil Collins is trying to convince uh, one of the conductors to uh, one of the band people to give him like the drumsticks uh, to. So he can do the in the air tonight sequel yep. and everything. It's just, it's, it's, everyone hates everyone hates it, and the movie ends that way. <laughs> Claire Bell the cow comes out to land a confusion. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's just I don't know. There's kind of no reason other than people just didn't want to see it. 
I guess. Yeah. Uh, it is Fantasia. I mean, it's Fantasia 2000. It's not Fantasia, and it has a segment from Fantasia in it. But if I'm going to watch Fantasia, I can just watch Fantasia. Yeah. Um, which is a so, better movie. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Better movie. Better movie. Um, but, like, if this isn't a bad movie, but I just think no. people by default don't want to go to just sort of these kinds of sequels. It's one thing when it's like a franchise sequel. It's another thing entirely when it's just, you know, so decades later, here's a new one done up vaguely the same. But like, I don't like the celebrity introductions. I don't like the presentation of this movie. And you're I like, like this. Yeah. You're also asking people in the year 2000 to sit through a concert movie. Yeah. Which they made the smart decision in not making it as long as Fantasia. Yes. That probably saved it. That probably made it more money than uh, if it was as long as Fantasia. If it was as long as the original Fantasia, it probably would have made even less money. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially in 2000, where we'll get to some of the movies of 2000 in a minute. But... um, I just don't think people are in. clearly people. I'm just gonna say I guess, but clearly people just weren't interested. No, nope. um, and, and it was like, and it was called Roy's Folly. I don't uh, remember a lot of marketing. Like, like I don't you... remember anything about this movie's existence. Yep. Like other than it existing. Yeah. Um, so, but critically, it did well. I think if you go to Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's still at eighty two percent. Um, it's like a seven on. Uh, uh, like a, no, it's it's like sixty. On Metacritic, which is just on that level, um, people liked it, but you know everyone had their com- list of complaints to go with it. Like everyone, some people were complaining that like Sorcerer's Apprentice looked terrible in IMAX. Uh, <laughs> maybe, this, maybe the technology wasn't there to make it look good enough. Yeah, or... yeah. But um, you know, one review thought the Symphony Number no. Five one was. Uh, was dull and that the flamingo one was wasted on this like it was just like wasted screen time like you could have used the song for anything else but this little short flamingo thing makes no sense like uh um everyone sort of universally agreed that rhapsody in blue doesn't fit into this movie at all uh, yeah. and and that's 100% certain um everyone thought visually the firebird one was probably the best of the thing Mm, I would. I'm still with the whales, but I think, yeah, I think Disney going full CG that way was very interesting. Yeah. Um. So, like three dimensional CG as opposed to just using computer animation to make an effect in a movie, whether it be the Black Cauldron or the Cave of Wonders or something, or the actual just the Clock Tower and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a perfectly fine movie, but it's just it doesn't hit the same level of the original one because the original one felt like, like this movie, at least 2000 has the Roy connection, which sentimentality, it helps with that. But like everyone involved with the original Fantasia, which was Disney's third theatrical release. Walt was all in on it. The studio was all in on it. People were like excited to make it. And a lot of, artists like high-end disney animator artists were involved on this very stretch to stretch outwards to 2000 and like the creative people aren't really in place that way anymore yeah. 
and you know, even like the, even like the musicians they had, like yeah, yeah, Quincy Jones and Exact Perlman are accomplished musicians. Yeah, but like you, like there's nobody else you could slide in there. Maybe like I, well, the the thing that was good about I think something that helped it seem more like art because Fantasia, the original Fantasia, is just straight art. Yeah, it's 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 barely a movie. It's a concert. It is it, it is just pure unadulterated art and it is being presented by a conductor right. like explaining the music to you and then going into it there's like one scene of like of him and mickey mouse interacting that is sort of the one like breaking that wall but for the most part it really is like a concert like where the but like before like some, like if you go to an actual like concert you sometimes have the artist on stage like well this song i wrote when we were doing this and yeah there's some sort of it it, it's, it comes across like this one just feels like we don't we don't have that like much interest in presenting this as anything more than just a sequel we have all these celebrity guests this is the Disney way now. These are people under contract with us. Yeah. Like they've either just made a movie and got them for a couple of minutes or, you know, we've trapped them in the hallway and say, get in there. Um, let's, let's jostle Bette Midler to the point yeah. where we sever her spine. Yeah. And then prop her up. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it never feels like it's being presented as art. It never feels like anyone involved particularly had the same motivation behind it as the original one with the exception of Roy but Roy's just the executive producer and he was had constraints because he didn't really have any say like he had to use a song that he probably never would have used if Michael Eisner didn't say do it and you know like if he had a little more freedom like his uncle had which he never would get maybe but it never was never was to be and you just made a Mediocre Fantasia, just a, and a very simple. This very well easily could have been a straight to video Fantasia, like special edition, yeah. like a because a, 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 that's how Fantasia 2000 is pretty much presented these days. It's a bonus disc to Fantasia. Yeah, it, it like, absolutely is. Because like you can't you when fan, when they re released them on Blu-ray, it came with they didn't separate them. Nope. It was Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 because that's how it feels. It feels like it is the special bonus to Fantasia. Like it needs the the first movie to get over that hump of getting your interest. Yeah. Like, hey, you and like that movie? Here's this one too. Good news. You can watch even more of it followed right after this. Now I'm going to warn you. Uh, you're going to see Sorcerer's Apprentice again. That's okay because it's Sorcerer's Apprentice. So you know it's good. You like uh, it, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what that, it feels like that too. That's another thing that this movie has. What has the Sorcerer's Apprentice in it. Which feels pandery. It doesn't feel like anyone had any faith that you were going that you no. people were going to go see this movie, and they were right. Um, but it does feel like if we just say that if we have this one apprentice in it, we might be able to pull in a few more people because they get to see this favorite one on an IMAX screen in theaters again, or whatever. So because it's unnecessary. I mean, Fantasia is routinely available on home video. So it's not like and, and this movie's as short as short as it is. You're taking you're taking a spot taking to a, put in a one that are, with putting zero effort. The only effort that went into it was they cleaned it up and they had Penn and Teller talk about it for a couple of minutes. Yep. 
which was again super out of place. Yeah. Um, sorry, Penn and Teller. Sorry, Penn and Teller. Uh, not everything can be a huge, uh, you know, cross promotional hit like Desert Bus. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it, I, this the soundtrack was nominated for a Grammy Award. That's didn't win, but it was nominated. <laughs> They're all pretty well known songs. Yeah, it's 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 so weird. It's so it's just it's not it's all so weird. It's, it yeah. feels cheap. And I think that's what, at the end of the day, that's what this movie feels like. When that's what this movie is, it, I mean, it, it, it was it cost it cost ninety million dollars. Like, what did? Oh, I have to now see. Uh, <laughs> what did Tarzan cost to make? Because I bet you it was more what, than ninety million. What did it cost? Everything. <laughs> uh, Tarzan. Tarzan cost uh, one hundred and thirty million dollars. To make Tarzan, um, and this one, and Fantasia two thousand cost ninety million dollars. It was a budget movie, uh, for all intent and purpose, um, and it made four hundred and forty eight million dollars, whereas Fantasia makes eighty five million dollars. Fantasia two thousand makes eighty five million dollars. So, it's it's a shame, but when the studio treats it as an afterthought, it's hard yeah. as the viewer to yeah. think of it as any more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, so let's let's we can't nothing else to talk about because like anything that does it have any sort of legacy like we talked no about theme park no, no theme, it's it, everything merch every everything that's related to this one is related, is related to the original thing. yeah like you know yeah there's merch because the Sorcerer's Apprentice is one of the biggest movies yeah. biggest shorts they've ever put out starring yeah. Mickey Mouse. Like, yeah, of course there's some sort of legacy of Fantasia 2000, because the legacy of Fantasia 2000 is the legacy of Fantasia original. So it will get, if Fantasia's doing something, there's the potential of lumping something else in there, because I, I'm i sure the Firebird suite has popped up in other things and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, so. Um, 2000, though. Um, 2000 is when this movie came out, and that was a heck of a year for film. Um, Castaway? Castaway came out in 2000. Uh, number one movie of the year. Care to guess? I'll, uh, gi- I'll give you a hint. We talked about the director of it a little bit today. Oh, Crouching Tiger. Nope. No, that's Mission not- Impossible 2. Oh, I'm sorry. John Woo. That's John angry. <laughs> God, you racist. Yeah. <laughs> then he went on to ruin the Hulk. Yay. Yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible Two, number one movie. That's a good movie. I like it's, Mission Impossible Two. I like it's the worst of the Mission Impossible movies, but that's not saying much. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I like this is for Limp Biscuit was a big deal, <laughs> and I like the instrumental version of that song. It is. That's a very good instrumental version of the song. Yeah, the weird. Yeah, the weird. Bow, 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 yeah. Bow, bow, bow. 2000s guitar twang of rap rock. That's what we do with Buckethead himself, honestly. Yeah. Um, number two, one of my favorite movies of all time, Gladiator. Gladiator! Are you not entertained? <laughs> uh, this is this is pre 
neckbeard yeah. Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Except he really, really wants to uh, hook up with a relative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, love me some Gladiator. That movie rules. Still a good movie. Yeah. Number three, Castaway. I, I really like it. it's every time it's on TV it's I'll watch it. It's been a very long time since I've seen Castaway, but I I definitely know that I did and still would like Castaway. Yeah, there's very few Tom Hanks movies that have like fallen out of favor with me. So I mean I can't sit through Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> That's or, why I said very few. <laughs> or Splash. But I didn't like either of those to begin with. So yeah, it's like. But if I liked it, I know I'll probably still Yeah, like, like if, but if the Burbs is on TV, I'm going to watch the Burbs, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, What Women Want. Oh, right. The Mel Gibson uh, mind-reading movie. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think last, I think either this year or last year, there was like a remake of the movie, but like a gender-swapped remake called What Men Want. Yeah. It's the same plot. It's just... Um, she can read men's thoughts. I guess it's supposed to. Well, I forget her name. She she yeah. She was on Empire, but she was in Hidden Figures too. I remember her name. Yes. Yeah. Um, number five is next week's movie. Dinosaur. I'm I'm gonna say next week's movie, but as the schedule has shown, that may not be the case. But next week, the next episode. Next episode, dinosaur. Um. Have you seen Dinosaur recently? I ever? Don't, I don't know. I've ever seen it. All right. You're in for a treat next week, my friend. Is it? <laughs> is it a treat? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, number okay. six, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. My Okay. That movie's fine. I like, how the, I like that movie. I don't care. I, people it's will, fine. People want it, my son friggin loves that movie <laughs> loves it but uh yeah i saw that in theaters i know for sure um has a key party scene in it too which still yeah it's a it's it gets weirdly grown up at times and it's odd it's not cat in the hat level but yeah <laughs> uh number seven meet the parents okay yeah I mean that's fine. Movie. That was fine it, comedy for two thousand. Bid Stiller is a big deal, and yeah. yeah, Bobby De Niro. You can never, you know, yeah. him in a comedic role is always fine. Yeah. <laughs> if the movie's fine, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, number eight, a personal favorite of my mom, <laughs> The Perfect Storm. I I enjoy The Perfect Storm. Um, I've seen that movie several times because my mom loves that movie. Uh, it's I a own movie. I own The Perfect Storm on HD DVD. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, oh, number nine, X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is the movie everybody's like, oh, this is what the comic book renaissance started with. No, Blade. No. But really, I, I mean, I guess you could say like, oh, a, I mean, Spider-Man is yeah. really where. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was a really good movie, though. It was, it was very fascinating, because going into it, you're always like, X-Men's a weird concept, and, you know, superhero movies have never really proven themselves to be able to handle something like this before. What concessions are they going to make? And they did 
a fantastic job at figuring yeah. that stuff out. Uh, the uh, hilarious thing about this movie and Mission Impossible 2, of course, Duray Scott originally supposed to be Wolverine. <laughs> and couldn't do it because he was busy doing Make Mission Impossible 2. So they got this big, tall Australian dude to do it. <laughs> who would go on to like play Wolverine for the better part of t- almost like, 20 years. Yeah. Just just stopped being Wolverine. Yeah, like with Logan, what, 2017? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, number 10 is number 10 is What Lies Beneath. I've never seen that movie. I have? Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, God, I don't I don't does not ring a bell at all now. <laughs> yeah, it was a Robert Zemeckis movie. Okay, it was, it was it, and it was a supernatural horror film. So with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer, weird concept. Yeah, it was a big deal when that movie came out. I gotta track this crazy thing down now. Um, so yeah, he got so that's the top ten movies of the year. Uh, I'm trying to find the uh, Academy Awards to see who won Best Picture that year. But I'm pretty sure I know. It's Gladiator. Yeah, it's Gladiator. I think yeah. Gladiator just won everything. The, the, only, know. the only reason I know that yeah. Gladiator won is yeah. because Elizabeth Taylor presented the Oscar. Oh, but, yeah? And she she's standing there and she holds the envelope and she just looks at it and she goes, Gladiator! That's right. That's right. I forgot all about that. That was a repressed memory. Yeah, I just heard this being full blown Virginia Wolf there. Yeah. Uh, um, Two thousand movie that I I know that you like it. I don't know as much as I like it. Oh brother, where are they? I. You like it, but not love it. I. I yeah. I, I mean, it's okay. I'm not a big fan of that. I like the soundtrack a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Soundtrack um, with Steve Martin. Yeah. Um, I have a list up of 2000 movies, JJ. Yeah. And also the uh, director of the year was uh, Steven Soderbergh yeah. uh, for Traffic. Oh, my gosh. I don't like Traffic. Uh, yeah. No. I do like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, though. Me, too. <laughs> I do. Uh American Psycho. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Almost Famous. That was an okay movie. What was uh, My Dog Skip? <laughs> if, uh... Oh, I kind of like Men of Honor. Yeah. Next Friday. Remember next Friday? My, my dad does. <laughs> I knew that's, that's the only reason. <laughs> that's the only reason. Oh, uh, uh, a movie that you and I both enjoy. Pitch Black. Oh, I love Pitch yeah. Black. Yeah, Pitch Black so much. I like the Scream movies, and the third one came out this year. They always do a really good job at making the movies be a parody of wherever it is in a franchise. It's yep. so like Scream Three did a good job at making it the third movie of a franchise. Kind of nonsense. The only thing oh. they didn't do is make it three D. <laughs> you know, it came out two thousand. Let's just stop. <laughs> Let's just stop what we're doing right now. Okay. <laughs> Battlefield Earth. <laughs> we could do one heck of a podcast. About yeah, Xenu's coming, kids. I uh, 
I unashamedly like watching that movie. It's terrible. We all know it's terrible. It looks terrible. The effects are bad. But boy, do they go for it in that movie. That it's movie, it. the movie that sidetracked Barry Pepper's career. <laughs> Everything. He he started a new career after that movie. He had yeah. to. I had to start from the ground up again. <laughs> oh, God. I'm looking to. Oh, oh, the first Final Destination. Yeah. That's a like good. That. I like it a lot. I like the first Final Destination. I like the Final Destination movies in general, even though they got increasingly worse. They're still yeah. super fun. Uh, the Beach came out in 2000, which. Uh, uh, you and Leonardo me, DiCaprio. Leonardo oh. DiCaprio. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another Disney movie that came out this year, the Tigger movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> big, big year for 2000 movies. Yeah. Let's see. Reindeer Games. I like Reindeer Games because it's one of those weird things where that title makes no sense uh, until you realize. You remember Reindeer Games? I, well, yeah. Like everybody Affleck from. And, from yeah. The whole the first Avengers movie where he's like make yeah. a movie render games yeah Ben Affleck's character's name is Rudy yeah right uh, oh so, my god so yeah Rudolph reindeer games yes yeah um, see anything Unbreakable yeah Mission to Mars Aaron Brockovich Romeo Must Die High Fidelity there you go Space Cowboys. Ready to rumble. Wow. Okay. Now, okay. Let's, let's stop what we're doing. <laughs> David Arquette and Oliver Platt. <laughs> In a professional wrestling movie. Yeah. I, okay. So I always thought it was such a, if you want to know where WCW, welcome to the WrestleCast. Uh, yeah. If you wanted to know where WCW was in the year 2000, they like, co-produced this wrestling movie where the two stars are giant wrestling fans that are massive idiots. So the people you want to go see to this movie, you're putting these characters in front of them and saying, look it, this is you dummies. Yeah. <laughs> also, also it uh, got brought to David Arquette, a world championship reign. That's right. Uh, the, one of the stars of this film <laughs> was the world heavyweight champion of the wrestling promotion that that co-produced this movie. <laughs> Luckily, he hated the idea so much, but was talked into it anyways, and he donated all the money to like, uh, was it the Pillman family? Or yeah, was or was it the Hart family? I think it was the Owen Hart family. Yeah, it was something, and then even yeah. Flair's like, "Hey, you're the champ, so you get to buy or buy a drink." So he, I mean, he did the champ champ stuff, but yeah, wow, yeah, he recently. Started doing his like I'm sorry tour too. Yeah, right? He's actually like, doing wrestling stuff. Yeah, I've, I actually thanks to a good friend, a uh, professional wrestler that you can see in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Yuma. I got to go see wrestling event where David Arquette was the main event, <laughs> and that was I. I get to say I got to see David Arquette wrestle. Yep, one of his very wrestling matches. It's surprisingly good shape, David Arquette. And did a surprisingly good job. Yeah. Like he's doing like he's you know, he's not as as far as celebrity wrestlers go. <laughs> so it's so it's like him and uh uh Arrow. 
era. <laughs> what is that dude's name? Uh, I, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, the arrow's good. He's all right. American Psycho, I think we said already. Yep. U571, The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, my dad didn't see that one, though. <laughs> no, is that Stephen Baldwin? <laughs> That's right. They couldn't get John Goodman back. Wasn't it a prequel? So, no, wasn't... you know what? You're absolutely right. It was a prequel. So it has, so it's, what they're saying is Stephen Baldwin grows up to be John Goodman. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, where's my car? There we go. Uh, there's a hey, there's the one that you were just talking about, Michael Jordan to the max. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I Max Film of two thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it all comes back around. Yeah, that's that's. Listen, as a big Jordan fan, yeah. Road trip. Um, Shang- uh, Shanghai Noon, Jack Chan and Owen Wilson. Know, yeah, I I remember liking Shanghai Noon okay. This is a period where, hey, it's got Jackie Chan in it. Cool, I'll watch it. Jackie Chan with a hilarious white sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it made a sequel. Yeah. Shanghai, Shanghai Nights. Yeah, but Nights, you see, they spelled yeah. it like the like Knight K N I. Uh, Big Mama's House. I saw that movie in theaters. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gone in 60 Seconds remake starring Nicolas Cage. That's right. Angelina Jolie and Giovanna Radici. <laughs> uh, I will I will see any Nicolas Cage movie, and that was no exception. Uh, Shaft came out the same weekend as Fantasia 2000. And Titan AE. That must be why nobody saw Fantasia 2000, because everyone was going to go see Titan AE. <laughs> I had uh, Matt Damon in it? Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore, Bill Pullman, and John Leguizamo. <laughs> what is funny is, like, you mentioned Shaft, and I just remember they just made a sequel to that this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how... I didn't, 19 years you, later. Yeah, it's funny to think that that Shaft is... This new Shaft is a sequel to that, sh- to the Samuel Jackson Shaft, which is actually a sequel to the original Shaft. Yeah. And this new one has all three of them, like yeah. the original Shaft. <laughs> I wonder what the Titan A. Oh, Titan A.E. made thirty-seven million dollars. So. Was that a Fox movie? Uh, it was twenty. Yeah, Fox Animation Studios, yeah. directed by Don Bluth. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Chicken Run. Oh, geez, that's that was a massive success. Mel that came Gibson. out the that came out the next year or the next month, or not even next month, next week. I, like after Fantasia 2000 came Chicken Run, which made two hundred and twenty five million dollars on half the budget, and, and just walked away with you, the animation stuff. Twitter something funny. This this movie comes like Chicken Run comes out in the year two thousand. Yeah, I am a twenty-year-old man at this point. I distinctly remember having a fast food toy from Chicken Run because I was still like, "I'm going to buy Happy Meals. I don't care. I want the toy." Do you remember what toy uh, cross-promotion toy that Chicken Run released? Uh, they released a uh, re-release of the Ninja Turtles pizza thrower. Yes, they did. Branded for Chicken Run. It was, it was just like a the, repurposed pizza thrower. It was the, like they changed the wheels, painted it different, but it was the exact same toy. Yep, it she was got the, out the same. 
it was like shot out like chicken pies or something. Yeah, it was like the Ewok Village Robin Hood place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me, myself, and Irene came out. That's okay, movie. It was an okay movie. I saw it recently. I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird, like super creepy movie. It's kind of actually. really mean spirited and yeah, comfortable and yeah. The Patriot. Mel Gibson I, just kind of really getting around in the two thousand. Okay, so I saw the Patriot theaters as well. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why, but I really liked it. Uh, the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Okay, that's... Who was in that? Uh, uh, Jason Alexander and Robert De Niro was Fearless Leader. Was... Jason Alexander was uh, Boris and I think... Rene Russo. Rene Russo was Natasha. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that was okay. It's it was weird. Odd. It was, yeah. it was odd that it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, scary movie came out. Heck movie. yeah! That first scary movie is actually genuinely funny. Still, that first scary <laughs> movie is really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pokemon the movie two thousand. There we go. Nutty Professor Two: The Clumps. Oh God. Coyote Ugly. Never see that movie. Hollow Man. Also a creepy... It's... That movie's not... That movie's too creepy. Kevin Bacon using his uh, invisible man powers for pure evil. Yeah. <laughs> and not the kind of like... And not just like murder evil, but like no. assault evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Space Cowboys, which... That's a dumb movie, but man kind of like it <laughs> yeah i the only okay so i like space cowboys and there's one line for that movie that i remember const, uh, constantly and it's clint eastwood's character talking about what he had for breakfast yes we have red cheros <laughs> egg whites only like that's not how you make huevos rancheros the uh, the cell came out in the year two thousand. Oh was God, a Jennifer that's... Lopez movie with Vince Vaughn and Vincent D'Onofrio. That is a, <laughs> that's a kind of a creepy, creepy movie. Godzilla two thousand, baby. <laughs> Enjoy Godzilla two thousand. Godzilla two thousand is good. Yep. Uh, original Kings of Comedy. Yeah, I like Kings of Comedy. That's I like. Not... It's so dumb that they call it the original Kings of Comedy because yeah. there was already a movie called The King of Comedy, and they were they were trying to do like a real Ghostbusters thing. With yeah, it. the the big the biggest shame of that is that Bernie Mac's gone and Steve Harvey's still around. <laughs> it's more powerful than ever. Yeah, it's like why do we have to lose Bernie Mac? Uh, bring it on! They still make those. They, they sure still make do. Those bring it on movies. And they're all like limited release things they go right to netflix highlander endgame oh good lord okay so i just watched this movie recently you watched highlander endgame why because i'm an idiot clearly (laughs) so if you don't know the plot of highlander endgame well first of all you have to enjoy the first highlander which is uh, already asking a lot, but <laughs> how dare you, sir? Just... How dare you? The first Highlander's a gem. So this is Adrian Paul. It's like it ties in with the TV show. 
it at some point he just has to kill Connor McCloud to absorb his quickening power. And also this movie was like got promoted on WWE television because Edge was in it for four seconds. Like Edge is starring in it. Like he's barely in this movie. He just kind of like, oh, there's Edge. All right, he's gone now. Sorry. Well, you watched that. That's, I, it, you watched I, that in the, in the year. Was it this year? It was about a month and a half ago. <laughs> JJ muted himself because yeah. he's appalled that having... I watched the <laughs> Highlander. Yeah, on purpose. I'm dis- I'm disappointed. Disappointed. Listen, the, the these Highlander sequels are good hate watches. Which one did you enjoy? Which one uh, did you enjoy more, Highlander Endgame or Tarzan? Highlander Endgame, because <laughs> you know what Highlander Endgame didn't have. Phil Collins. Uh, Almost Famous came out this year. Yep. <laughs> Which with, I uh, Almost Famous with. Uh, the love child of Kurt Russell and Colby <laughs> Hawn. Um, I just got a copy of that digitally because I bought Rocket Man on Blu-ray, and it came oh. with a copy of Almost Famous. So. <laughs> I... Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, that was just what the deal at Walmart was. Like, please take the copy of Almost Famous. Yeah, no, I, I I bought it. I bought the Steelbook because Walmart has a, a ver, their version of uh, Rocket Man on Steelbook, and it says on the package too. It comes with a digital copy of Almost Famous, and it comes printed up on the receipt. So, like, well, don't I'm know not, why. Couldn't tell I'm you not why, going but... to not watch this. Yeah, let's see. Uh, the Exorcist got re-released. I sure did. Yeah, Ooh. I would I would have gone to that theater. Yeah. A movie that it, I genuinely love best in show came out in the year 2000 that's right it the, had the christopher guest mockumentary yep. about dog shows it's the spinal tap of dog show movies yeah love that movie harry sure is in that one too right probably as a cameo i'm not sure it's been a while since i've seen it but eugene levy and, uh parker Kathy, posey uh, and, uh, what's your name Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara, yes. Yeah. I, was, I said the mom from Beetlejuice, aka yeah. the mom from Home Alone. <laughs> aka. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember the Titans? Okay. <gasps> Digimon the movie. Never saw it. Dick I Carter, knew. parents, Billy Elliot, Dr. T and the women, the ladies' man, another failed Saturday Night Live. Oh, God. Pay it forward. Uh, that was a Haley Joe Osment movie. The thing I remember about that is uh, that's the movie I got for free for signing up for Voodoo. Doesn't he die in that movie? And he gets stabbed to death at the end, at the end of that movie. <laughs> so, good movie for kids. Jack, yeah, uh, hey kids, pay it forward. Yeah. The, the, um, the, the child in the movie gets stabbed and also creepy old Kevin Spacey's in it. Yeah. Uh, Jay Moore is in that movie. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, and John Bon Jovi. He was also in U five seventy one. Yes, he was. Yeah, uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch two. Never saw it. 
terrible. Lucky Numbers, which is a movie my mom wanted to see, so I saw that movie in theaters. Uh, starring John Travolta and Lisa Kudrow, where they like oh what, break, break the water. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, a, ha- a little happy-go-lucky movie by Darren Aronofsky called Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> just, uh, a, just a real, just a real ray of sunshine. Uh, Memento. Oh, I love Memento so much. Came out this year as well. Charlie's Angels. Not full throttle, just the first one. Just the first one. Hey. Legend of Beggar Vance. Oh, I, I forgot that's a movie. <laughs> Will Smith and Matt Damon golf movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's directed by Robert Redford. Yeah. Little Nicky, where Adam Sandler is the son of Satan, who played by Carvey Keitel. Yeah, it you does have, have and, and Tiny Lister is in it. It's you know what I have to say about Little Nicky. It's not the worst Adam Sandler movie. No, no, not by a long shot. <laughs> it also got like a really big push from McFarlane Toys. Yeah, it had a. Uh, Game Boy game. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. Do you, do the, you have that? Uh, I probably did. Yeah. I don't think I currently have that. Uh, but that's not to say I haven't played it in the last few years. <laughs> I feel like I, I, you're okay emulating that thing. Yeah. Uh, the Sixth Day. <sighs> yeah. Let's make a less good Total Recall. Yeah. Yeah, Regrets in Paris. Uh, 102 Dalmatians. That's right. They made a sequel to that. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Good movie. A franchise still going on today. Still, still going along. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons? What? <laughs> oh my god, yes. I straight up do not remember Dungeons and Dragons. Dang. They decide to make a live action Dungeons and Dragons movie. But I thought it was a lot earlier than this. <laughs> apparently, too, apparently, end of 2000. You know, the peak of the Dungeons and Dragons craze? Oh, oh Lord. I'm looking at the poster now, and I absolutely remember this poster. So it's, uh, uh, it's, it's also very good because it has the tagline, This is no game, which is what every video game movie's tagline was. Sure is. Was and still is. Yeah. Pixels, this is yeah. no game. Snatch came out this year. Oh. Chocolat, Dude Where's My Car, Emperor's New Groove, Castaway, Dracula 2000. <laughs> Saw that recently as well. Okay. I'm sorry. I. It's fine, I guess. I don't know. It's not. No, probably not. But I'm an idiot again, like we've established, and I like I like terrible, crappy movies. I guess Oh Bro Brother, where art thou is the last like big movie of the year. Well, Traffic was the last big movie of the year, but nobody nobody has gone back to Traffic and said, "Yeah, I love Traffic." It's just nope. <laughs> nope. So, are you ready? That's the movies of 2000. Yep. There were two much more successful Disney movies that came out this year. <laughs> Uh, it's just crazy to think of that, like, that, especially since one of those is really bad and the other one's not great yeah so there, yeah, there's two more movies of the year 2000 to cover uh, which again what? was uh, Little Mermaid 2 not this year 
uh, if it was, it was straight to video, okay. so it doesn't count for our okay. podcast series. No, I'm just saying, I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying aloud, like, wasn't it? Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, that's next week will be Dinosaur. Next episode's Dinosaur, and then Emperor's New Groove to round, round out the year 2000. But until then, let's get to our lists. Nick, you ready? Let's do it. Where do you want me to start? Not 15. Let's start 15. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Better or worse than Dumbo? That's worse than Dumbo. Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Worse. Hunchback of Notre Dame? Worse. The Rescuers? It's worse than Rescuers. The Rescuers down under? Yeah, it's worse than that. Sleeping Beauty? Yeah, worse than Sleeping Beauty. Aristocats. Worse than Aristocats. 101 Dalmatians. Worse than Dalmatians. Lady in the Tramp. Worse. Peter Pan. Worse. Alice in Wonderland. Worse. Pocahontas. It's better than Pocahontas. Better than Pocahontas. Yep. You heard it here first. Well, actually, technically, I heard it first. Yeah. You're, if you're listening to this, you heard it, you know, on second, second, maybe, you know, 82nd. I don't know. If I'm you're being, if you're one of the crazy people watching this live stream, <laughs> God bless ye. So what's this movie called again? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasia 2000. This is the 38th movie in the oeuvre of Disney. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'm not going to make this mistake again. Save. <laughs> okay, JJ List. JJ List. <laughs> uh, I, I'm probably going to start. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I'm going to start at 20. Alrighty. Just the Aristocats. Which I do like it less than Aristocats. I think Lady and the Tramp is better. Sleeping Beauty is better. Pinocchio is better. Alice is better. Dumbo is better. Ichabod is better. Rescuers is better. I think I got, yeah. I think I like this more than Pocahontas as well. So we both decided it's. Which is what we can say for that movie. Like, it's not as bad as Pocahontas. Yeah. Where does it put it on my list? One. I don't have the list numbered, which is very bad, but whatever. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight on my list. Mm-hmm. And let's go back to your list because I didn't close it out. One, two, three, four. Well, you know what? I already forget where we said 15 started. 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26th on your list. So you like it just a little better than me. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of consistency there. Yeah. Yeah. So, there we go. It's 
again, I go back to the thing. It feels like an afterthought by Disney, yeah. and I don't know how I'm supposed to treat it anything but that. Yeah, it's okay, and that's fine, I guess. But I, I, I it's not really. It's only worth going back to if you're just already watching Fantasia. It's just yeah. another. You just tack on another hour, and there you go. <laughs> I think having the Fantasia name attached to it hurt it. Yeah. I think if it would have been some more in the vein of fun and fancy free, yeah. melody time, those kinds of things, if you just made it a package picture, you probably would have would have been more well-received. But yeah. calling it Fantasia makes you think of a specific thing, and that hurt the movie. And this is a, also an era where there was a lot of cartoons. Yep. and there are better cartoons to be seen. And like this year alone, we saw that there were three Disney movies this year. Yep. And, you know, and there's and a couple of other, you know, chicken run came out this year, and even though it was an even bigger failure. Titan AE came out this year. And it was inundated with, you just can't invoke that name lightly. And people were very excited for dinosaur because it was Disney's CG movie. Um, right. So, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's okay. I think it fits perfectly on our list where it's at. It's just where fun. it's not terrible, but it's also you know, there's. I would rather watch almost like you know, twenty seven different Disney movies before this one. Right. So, so yeah. So that wraps up this one. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. Next time you join us will be the two thousand hit dinosaur. Disney's first foray into a fully CG theatrical film from the studio. And uh, can't wait. Yeah. Uh, it'll be an interesting talk because it's an interesting movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, so. Yeah. But until then, thank you all for joining us. And have a magical day. Bye.